The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Welcome into the show, everybody. We are coming to you from the Clark's Puppet Shop studio in Lexington. Still raining here at the moment, but the ice is on the way. And uh, everybody just stay safe out there for the next couple of days as we uh, get through however much of of an ice storm as we all have to deal with. Uh, We will be here for the rest of this hour to talk about U.K. sports, specifically a lot of Kentucky basketball with Mike Pratt, who will lead us off. Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated, and Keith Farmer from the BBN Tonight Show, BBN Game Day, and LEX 18. Wildcat News of the Day is a service of Giuseppe's of Lexington and Kentucky. Defeats Vanderbilt last night 77-70 to at Rupp Arena to improve to 18-4, and 7-2 in the league as they hit the halfway point of the conference schedule. That's 12 straight wins in the series against Vanderbilt, but... Many of the games, like this one, have been decided by single digits. Uh, Davion Mintz had 21 to lead Kentucky. That was uh, matching his uh, personal best, and he becomes the sixth different Kentucky player to score at least 20 points in a game this season. And it's the sixth consecutive game that they've had a different leading score. So over the last six games, six different people have been the leading scorer for Kentucky. Keon Brooks had 20. His first back-to-back 20-point games of his career. At one point in the second half, uh, I, uh, I think we came out of a commercial break, maybe midway or, or so through the second half, and I, I turned to Mike and I said, you know how many points Washington, Wheeler, Grady, and Shebway have in the second half? And it was one more than we had there at courtside. Uh, Oscar had a free throw. So those four players had one point. And Kentucky was still in the lead. Now, they were up 16 late in the first half, and Vandy got three threes to end the half, make it a 10-point game, and had a little momentum there. And, you know, you you felt like if Kentucky didn't come out and reestablish control, it could get a little dicey, and that's what happened. Kentucky came out and missed some shots. Uh, Vandy got it down to one, but never could get uh, the lead in the game, and Kentucky pushed it back out and wins 77-70. to Brooks had some key buckets when Kentucky was struggling, as he did out at Kansas. Oscar Shebway uh, had uh, 11 points, 17 boards. Vandy was very physical with him, a real conscious effort to keep him away from rebounds. Uh, Kentucky, you know, he ended up with 17 rebounds for his ninth consecutive double-figure game, but uh, he was not the the force scoring with offensive rebounds that he has been at times. And so Vandy had been out-rebounded by 16 down in Nashville. So you can imagine Jerry Stackhouse's message was to his crew was, if you want to have any chance to win this, you better rebound. So they rebounded. They were very physical. It was a long game. Uh, Calipari said that he thinks other teams will watch this tape and uh, see that that's a, a way to play Kentucky. Uh, I think especially teams that have physical personnel and uh, enough big guys to keep throwing bodies out there. So won't be the last time Kentucky sees this. Scotty Pippen Jr. had 33. Interesting stat on him. He scored 11 in his first game against Kentucky. Every subsequent game he has scored more points against Kentucky than he did the game before. 
Now, you think last time he had 32, that trend wouldn't continue, but he got to 33 last night uh, right in the uh, final minute of the game. Uh, Kentucky was outshot from in terms of field goal percentage, and they were 1-4 this season when that had happened. Uh, they were 0-3 when they failed to win the rebounding battle, and they got out-rebounded last night. But uh, despite those two things, they did get out with the victory. And now they go to Alabama at some point. Uh, Calipari talked after the game about that situation and the fact that they were looking at trying to get out early today, which I thought might uh, happen, and go down to Alabama early. But they weren't sure when the ice was going to come, and they didn't want to risk having to um, you know, uh, abort or uh, – Get, get into some trouble with the ice if it came a little earlier than expected. So uh, Calipari said on the postgame show last night that if they can get out on their regular schedule late afternoon on Friday, then you know everything's normal. He said if they can't get out uh, on the regular schedule, there could be a discussion about maybe playing a game on Sunday and flying down on Saturday. So just stay tuned uh, as far as the Kentucky-Alabama game. Uh, Kentucky football added a couple of players yesterday. One is a, uh, a freshman, Noah Matthews, from Delaware that we talked about on the show yesterday. Uh, he is an edge rusher, 6'5", 250. Uh, Kentucky said good luck. I think Freddie Maggard wrote about this at KSR. Good luck with late bloomers, like uh, Josh Allen being the most notable of that group. And then uh, Javon Baker officially added to the fold yesterday. He's the transfer wide receiver from Alabama. Links to the stories that we talk about each day can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at Tom Leach KY. Dot com. Our show is served up by, or the Wildcat News of the Day is uh, presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. And Valentine's Day is coming up, so you need to make your reservations now at uh, Open Table for Giuseppe's. Just go to Giuseppe'sLexington.com, check out the menu, and see if you can get uh, yourself in there for Valentine's Day or any special occasion. No place is better than Giuseppe's. And if you want to take it home, they have a drive-up window now. Makes it easy-peasy. We'll be right back with Mike Pratt on the Leach Report. Find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. It's the Leach Report served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington, and we welcome Mike Pratt into the program. As uh, Mike and I were courtside last night to watch the cats get the win over Vanderbilt. Um, Mike, this was a... A very physical game that uh, Kentucky had to to fight its way through, and you've got to if you're going to go as far as you want to go in the postseason, you've got to be able to win games different ways, games that aren't pretty, games that are played in a style you don't like, uh, and so Vanderbilt outshot Kentucky, out rebounded Kentucky, and the Wildcats still found a way to win. So I guess that is one positive takeaway from this. It is, Tom, and you said it all. Uh, you've got to find a way to win because uh, the teams you're going to play in the NCAA tournament, for example, you you probably haven't seen a lot of. Oh, some you have, but I mean, it's it's a different ball game, different styles. Everyone's playing it close to the vest. You know, you're not going to you get to halftime with the lead. Many teams start just backing it up a little bit, just a little bit at a time, and uh, because it's a one and done deal. And if you can if you can get out in front of the curve, oh, in the second half with about twelve ten minutes, man, 
then you've got to figure that you've got to hold on, and you have also have to figure that they're going to come at you with even more than they gave you from the start. So at rough and tumble, um, take it down to the wire game against uh, Vanderbilt or anybody is really what you need. We saw Davian Mintz go for 21 last night. Uh, you made the comment. I can't remember if it was on the air or if we were, we were chatting before that uh, I think it was when, after he hit the, hit a shot. It was good to see him uh, get get going because coming into that game, he had missed 12 of the last 13 threes that he shot. And uh, he told a touching story after the game about what helped get him going that we'll play that soundbite later. But whatever it, it takes, sometimes uh, you, you can get into a little bit of a rut and it can be difficult to get out of it. So... Uh, you, you, it was good. Good to see him turn things around. It really was. Um, you know, he's a key piece of the puzzle. Whether he starts or comes off the bench, um, Vinny. Remember the guy Vinny Johnson that played with um, the, the, Pistons the Pistons in their heyday when yeah, they brought microwave. him off the bench in microwave. Yeah, and um, you know, Vince is that kind of player. He can he can inject uh, offense uh, pretty much when he's hitting any time. Now he hasn't been hitting. I get that. But uh, the other side of the coin is I think his defense has improved. He's uh, he's guarding all kinds of people. He's um, in passing lanes. And, boy, when he gets the ball, he pushes that daggone thing. I mean, he pushes it up the floor, creating opportunities for everybody. I uh, went back and looked after the game last night. His uh, One of his threes in the second half, I think the first one he hit in the second half, was when Vandy had cut it to one. So he hits the three to push it back to four. And then um, I think Vandy had cut it to six after Kentucky had gotten back out to double digits, and he hit a three to push it to nine. And then he also got an offensive rebound off a missed free throw that Calipari talked about after the game. So he made several key plays in the second half of this game for uh, Kentucky. And this is a um, a Kentucky uh, team that really moved the ball well early. They had something like 12 baskets and 11 assists, and I know last year you talked about you know, a team that had a lot of times where the ball just stopped, and it was those teams are difficult to watch sometimes. Uh, but this one, uh, when they move the ball like they were moving it early, it is so much fun to watch. Yeah, it really is. I think this team has, has gathered steam uh, on the floor, but I think they've also gathered a, a big blue fan base that appreciates their happiness to be playing. They appreciate the sharing of the ball. Uh, they love the pace that they play in, and I mean it's just a fun team to get behind. And I've had people call me that wouldn't go up last year um, simply because they didn't like the way they played. They just lost interest. These folks now, man, they're they're on the bandwagon. They uh, they love the way the team plays. And here's the other thing: no one says, or not no one, but very few people tell me, "Well, we're we going to win it all. We're we going to win it all." Um, they just are happy watching this team because this team seems to be happy, and, and I think it's the bottom line. Mintz told a story after the game uh, that I think is a great illustration of the mindset Calipari is trying to achieve, always tries to achieve with his teams, and has has gotten there, I think, with this one. Uh, Savir Wheeler, uh, the, Mintz, the story, he said, uh, Savir came to him after or during the game and said, you know, I'm throwing you the ball to try to try to get you one more point. You need you need 20. You need one more for 20. Uh, you know, because he had uh, I think his high for the season was 19, and uh, was going to have you know 20 point games. Uh, you know, a nice uh, thing to to uh, put on the uh, 
resume after the game. And this is a night when Xavier was 0 for 7 from the field. So he's thinking about helping a teammate get to a, a certain you know personal achievement in that game. That's the kind of mindset you want as a coach. Yeah, um, it, this team is uh, just continues to amaze me. Uh, not with that, I think they have the best talent in the country. I mean, who knows on a given night, right? But they continue to find ways to win ball games now after the Notre Dame game. And I think that might have been a wake-up call. And they they have so much fun playing. I mean, it's hard enough um, going to Kentucky and being a basketball player with all the you know the pressure and the things uh, the periphery. But these these kids are happy, Tom. They they really enjoy playing. And uh, I, I think that's just uh, probably one of the best things of, about the whole team is they're happy out there, man. And so you get your money's worth on a ticket. You feel like. I pay whatever it is for this ticket. These kids are going to give me a show. They're going to have fun, and that's all I can ask. You uh, often talk about from your coaching days being able to pencil in something for certain guys. You know, I know, uh, you know, Oscar. I can pencil in, you know, twelve and twelve or something. And uh, you know, so just you know, you're not going to get it every night, but if you can get to that consistency for for several guys, you know, you're going to you know, get enough for in a given night. Now, you know, these last two games, it's, it's still got to go a little longer to be a trend, but if they get that to that level from Keon or Keon slash Jacob at the four spot, that takes them to a little higher level. It does. And, you know, I've said to you at the start of the season that Keon, I had him for 14-7 and either a block, an assist, or a steal. Okay, 14-7 and one. It's something I could count on getting from Keon. And uh, he's done. He succeeded that recently. Now, early in the year, he struggled, but he seems to have found his groove, and he's really playing, it, it, playing within the structure and within his skills. He's not jacking up trays. He's getting to the open areas and shooting the twos, going to the glass, and the combination of him and the athleticism of uh, Toppin, pretty good combination. Mike Pratt, thank you much. Okay, buddy. See you. At Mike Pratt 22 on Twitter. And if you have not yet done it, we urge you to check out the new book Mike and I did, Kentucky Basketball, Two Decades Behind the Scenes, for our 20 years calling Kentucky games for the U.K. Sports Network. You can find it online and in local bookstores. And uh, at a book signing event coming up at uh, Carmichael's in Louisville uh, a few weeks away. We'll let you know when that one gets officially locked in. No one here in Lexington to tell you about as well. But right now, we need to get to a break. We'll be right back on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back into the Leach Report as we welcome in Justin Rowland to the program from catsillustrated.com. Uh, Justin, uh, what were your takeaways from the Kentucky performance you watched last night at Rupp? Yeah, you know, they really needed Mintz and Brooks to have big games. I think they combined for 41 points, and you just assume that they're going to get more from, from Ty Ty and Wheeler and Oscar. I mean, Wheeler had a lot of assists, and Oscar had a lot of rebounds, but offensively, Vanderbilt, the way the game was played, it was just choppy. There wasn't a lot of rhythm, wasn't a lot of flow. And Brooks, 
you know, having a, a big second straight game is interesting. And it looks like Mintz's kind of persistence this year has paid off. So those two are starting to give him a better supporting cast, it looks like. Cal Perry loves the, the two guards he has in Wheeler and Washington. In Sheepway, he has a guy, Mike Pratt and I were just talking about this in terms of penciling in numbers. It, it you know it, almost any night Oscar's at least going to get around about ten points just finding his way to those with rebounds and and free throws if nothing else and he's going to get you know twelve to fifteen rebounds uh, you can pencil him in Grady's going to be able to make some threes for you and uh, so those are, are things you can uh, feel good about penciling in going into a game Calipari was uh, after we finished the pregame interview yesterday we were. The TV guys are always listening in, and so they'll then ask some questions for their prep. And uh, one of the things that uh, we got, Cal Perry got around to was talking about uh, how well Keon and Toppin had played out at Kansas. They got 38 points out of the four spot, and obviously there's a lot more to it than, than points, as he always uh, drives that home. But the point being, he said, you know, if if we could get uh, you know a, a consistent level of production. Out of that spot, uh, anything close to, to that, he was talking about Kansas, that's what you know, takes this team to, to uh, another level and really legitimizes them as a Final Four national title contender. And uh, So Brooks has put two back-to-back one, good ones together. Yeah, I mean, huge game against uh, against Kansas. I mean, somebody, somebody pointed out when, when you're – fourth or fifth scoring option scores almost 30 points, you're going to win by a lot, usually. And, um, you know, it, consistency has been the issue with him. And he, did, he didn't get off to a great start yesterday, but he was really strong down the stretch in the second half, and Vandy had cut it to four. So, so stepping up in those big leverage moments are, is definitely a good sign and what you would expect from you know, somebody who's played a lot of college basketball and is an experienced junior now. Talking with Justin Rowland from CatsIllustrated.com. On Twitter, it's at Roland Rivals. Any specials going on for fans through your site? No, but if they reach out to me at Kentucky Rivals at Yahoo, I'd be happy to help them out. There you go. We'll keep going with uh, Justin after this hard break coming up at the bottom of the hour. As uh, we head that way, give you a couple of scores from last night. Florida wins at Missouri. That was actually yesterday afternoon. They moved that up because of the storm. Gators won 66-65. Arkansas beats Georgia 99-73. In the top 25, number 18, Illinois, over number 11, Wisconsin, 80-67. to 67. And uh, that's a good one for Kentucky. That's one of those teams Wisconsin-Kentucky could be fighting for on the seeding lines. Come select them. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Reports served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. You can find them in Hamburg and in Palomar for breakfast, for brunch, or lunch. Wild Eggs is simply the best. Justin Rowland is with us from CatsIllustrated.com. We'll go back to the basketball in a minute, but let's uh, touch base on the new additions on the football side. Noah Matthews is an edge rusher uh, that they uh, picked up in the uh, late signing period here from Delaware. What's the scouting report on him? Yeah, a lot of times when you get somebody who just pops up out of nowhere this late in the recruiting process, you really you don't know a lot about him, and he gets the sleeper tag, which might mean he's a long-term project. Maybe he's got to fill out a lot. Maybe he's raw. Maybe there are some things he's got to work on before he's ready to make an impact, but he looks the part. I mean, he's about 6'5", 260, 
really well put together. Um, and I think it was a case where he just wasn't marketed as, as, as well as he probably should have been earlier in the recruiting process. So he just out of nowhere commits to Weber State late in late January, and then Illinois offers. He decommits. Kentucky starts up a relationship, and they offer on the official visit. So they size him up in person. He obviously passes the look test. They want to continue building depth on that front seven. They wanted to get longer on that front seven. And Brad White, the defensive coordinator, thinks that he's obviously a schematic fit. And uh, and it's the third front seven player from the East Coast that White landed this year. So it's kind of a breakout for him in that respect. And, and he looks the part. Um, so, I mean, they've got Tyrese Fearbury, Keaton Wade, and now this guy, who are, who are guys who can stand up on the edge or put their hand in the dirt, and they've got a lot longer and a lot better down there. Yeah, and a guy like this gives you a little, you know, sounds like maybe a, uh, you know, a Josh Paschal type. I don't want to, you know, say he's going to be that level of player yet, but just a guy who, you know, Josh, you know, at one point played uh, inside when needed. He could play, you know, as a defensive end, could uh, also have been an outside, you know, edge rusher. And uh, this is, sounds like a type of player that has that kind of versatility. I think so. I think so. He played for a team that that won, that won a lot, and he was he was a productive player. And when you watch his film, he can stand up or he can go go down. And you know, they they that defensive end position they've really bolstered. It. I mean, they got Ribka, the young guy. They they brought in Darian Henry Young. They have Dinkins and Saunders if they'd like them there. And then you know they bring in this guy. So um, and, and then Tommy would. Uh, Durija, uh, it's just the depth has really improved there on the defensive line and at edge, I think, in this class, and that was a priority. They needed to pick up some receiver help. They got uh, officially Javon Baker uh, into the fold yesterday, the transfer from Alabama that I think we've talked about before. I guess the biggest question mark, or two of them probably heading into this season, is uh, the cornerback position and then in the offensive line, in particular the tackles and now those guys are going to have a new coach. Uh, what was your take on the Eric Wofford departure? Well, I mean, I don't think anybody would, would not understand taking a job at Alabama, especially these days, considering, you know, that's kind of a fast track to, to big promotions. Uh, and the thing about Wolford is I think he always he's, – he's a guy who wants to go recruit his guys in the South. Everywhere he's been, he's gone into Georgia, he's gone into South Carolina – He's gone into Florida, and he's gotten all the offensive linemen that he wants, and these have been his guys. And I think at Kentucky, there is a little bit of a culture clash in that most of their offensive linemen are going to be Kentucky and Ohio guys. And sometimes, just you know, you're just you're building a different kind of room. And I think that there was probably I don't want to say there was a clash, but it was just a different it was a different room than it was when Schlarman was there. And I think he did a great job in one year, replacing Drake Jackson and Landon Young and moving Fortner to center and bringing in and incorporating Dare Rosenthal. I mean, he did a lot of good things, 200 yards rushing and passing on average. But, you know, long term, he's probably found a better fit, and I think Kentucky will find uh, another good fit. And it's obviously important with the big blue wall tradition. You'd think it would be a really attractive position for somebody to come into. The uh, All-Star games are coming up. One of them is tonight. The, I think it's the East-West Shrine game. Marquand McCall is playing in. Uh, the Senior Bowl is, I uh, believe, this weekend. And uh, from what I've seen, just reading a few reports, McCall uh, out in Vegas at the Shrine game and uh, Darian Kennard and, and maybe even Fortner as well at the Senior Bowl are really uh, turning some heads. I don't doubt it. I mean, 
Darian Kennard cracked the, the cheat code on pro football focus scoring. I mean, he was as high as anybody over the last two or three years, and Fortner graded as well as Drake Jackson did. They basically got another year of Drake Jackson out of Luke Fortner, I would say. And, you know, with Eli Cox coming up, he was a midseason All-American. Um, and you know, I, I think Quentin Horsey's going to be okay at tackle. But you're right, going back, they do have to address tackle. I think those guys at the Senior Bowl are going to quit themselves well. They'll end up another couple of guys in the NFL out of it up front. But uh, but tackle is a big issue because you got you got to have two really good ones, and one of them is going to be a convert, probably uh, Horsey from guard. Um, they need somebody from the portal, and I know that they're working it really hard. The issue is I think every offensive lineman that goes into the portal, it's like a shark tank. Those guys just <laughs> become the most important players there, and so you're, you're fighting against a lot of other schools. But you would think a ready-made SEC tackle starting spot at Kentucky would be a really prized position landing, landing spot for somebody. Yeah, and a Kentucky team that uh, has promising prospects for the next season as well. Yeah, it's really going to unlock the offense. I mean, you, they, they, I think Javon Baker is a big-time get. I, this whole time I thought that Tavion Robinson is going to be their number one receiver for next year. But if you just get Baker, like he might not be quite the same level of athlete that he was coming out before he had an injury, but he is uh, he's really impressive in terms of separation, in terms of ball skills, in terms of he just got a pro feel, it seems like. Um, I think... I think he's going to be really good, but that left tackle spot has got to be addressed. If that, you saw against Iowa, if there are protection issues, it can really, really make the whole thing break down. So that's got to be the focus. And without an offensive line coach, it is a little bit more complicated. Yeah, yeah. Cal Perry talks about in, you know, in basketball how you know they get people reaching out to them now with this transfer portal because of the opportunity. And you know when you're here, you get seen even if you're not playing as, as much as you might like you get seen by the people that you want to see you uh here as you said at the starting spot that's that could be open to to come in and, and claim as a transfer and you would be uh, protecting the the blind side of a quarterback that came on strong and is going to be probably regarded as one of the higher rated quarterbacks in the sec so a lot of NFL scouts are going to be paying attention to him, and that means they're going to be paying attention to you as his left tackle. No doubt. And they're also thinking about that big blue wall tradition, and they're seeing Kennard and these guys at all-star games and, and probably helping their stock. And Yeah, I mean, I, I just think the only downside would be we don't know who the offensive line coach is going to be, but they're probably going to bring in somebody who's going to be a one-and-done or a two-and-done kind of player, not a long-term solution. So, so again, they're also balancing – um, you know, high school recruiting because you got to build. You do have to build a long-term team. You don't want to be like a, a major league baseball team that that doesn't develop internally. Like you want to develop players internally, and they they probably could have gotten more offensive tackles this year, I think. But with Keonta Goodwin on board, and people are probably thinking, well, this guy's going to start for three years. It becomes a little bit harder to recruit some of these guys, I think. And they were recruiting a lot of legacies from other schools who went elsewhere. Uh, but, yeah, so long-term and short-term, there's an offensive tackle issue. And it's interesting they're in that spot because they've had such success with the offensive line recently. Yes, very true. Justin Rowland, CatsIllustrated.com on Twitter. It is at Roland Rivals. Thanks for the time. Thanks a lot. We join Justin every uh, Thursday here on the Leach Report. Heading to a break. It's uh, 17 away from the top of the hour. Coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio in Lexington. Return, refresh, and refuel. At Clark's Pump and Shops, when you stop in to gas up, if they have the Clark's Cafe at the one you stop at, go inside. You're going to love it. Fantastic breakfast sandwich uh, every morning. 
Uh, if you're at lunchtime or dinner time, fried chicken as good as you'll find anywhere at Clark's Cafes at Clark's Pump and Shop. We'll be right back. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. Coming ice and snow has already claimed one game tonight. Iowa and Ohio State scheduled in Columbus postponed because of the bad weather. That uh, news just coming out this morning. Uh, we um, are talking about Kentucky's 77 70 win over Vandy last night. After the game, Davian Mintz, who was one of the stars for Kentucky with his highest-scoring game of the season, 21, uh, Davion talked about what got him going. Because coming into this game, he had missed 12 of his last 13 three-point attempts. But he hit his first one last night. Actually, hit his, uh, the first one he hit didn't count because uh, they had uh, the shot clock buzzer had gone off just before the ball got to him, and he released it. But the next one he hit, he ended up making four threes. And he talked after the game, told a really uh, sweet story about – what got him going for this game? Honestly, it was uh, right after the Kansas game. I was walking out the locker room, and it was this little girl. She um, she was like probably like a young teenager, and uh, like she's crying her eyes out as she's walking up to me. And I'm like, "What's going on?" Like, and she was just like, "I'm just so excited to meet you. This is my first time. You're my favorite player. I've been waiting a year." And I had zero points. Like, I played – I didn't really even play a full half of a game. You know what I mean? And my heart was kind of heavy because I knew I had been struggling for a while. But, like, just to realize that, you know, God made me somebody that could make someone else feel special about themselves, that just sent me over the top. And I knew, you know – and my parents saw it. My cousin was at the game. He saw it. And um, she couldn't even keep herself together. And that was just – like, that meant so much to me that it meant so much to her. And um, that right there is what motivates me, like that, you know, people can feel so special about themselves, and it made me work hard getting a gym. And, you know, that's what turned out for today. So thank her if she's listening right now. That's Damian Mintz after the game. We're joined now by Keith Farmer from LEX 18, uh, the BBN Tonight Show and BBN Game Day. And what a wonderful story that was. I mean, I, I loved that story and love the fact that, you know, you never know what's going to motivate a player. And for him to have this you know, chance uh, to meet this young lady and, like he said, made him get in the gym a little more, um, you know, BBN special. Yeah, and, and you know, kudos to, uh, to Davion for, uh, you know, on a night when he didn't score a point at Kansas to yeah. be able to, uh, you know, not just – you know, kind of uh, a quick high or whatever. I mean, it, it had a meaningful connection with a with a fan, and uh, what uh, what a wonderful benefit he got out of that. You know, you're right. The fact that he didn't score at Kansas, um, he was the only one out of the, the players that got on the court that didn't, and, and you know, it just says a lot about him going back to work. Uh, doing what he can and becoming, as we found out last night, the sixth um, you know UK player to score over twenty points um, this season, and you know what that means to this team. You know, just <laughs> again, you know, I think uh, Coach Stackhouse may have mentioned it, but it's like you know, who do you prepare for? 
it makes it so much harder to know which player is going to have that breakout night. Yeah, they uh, had the stat in the notes that this is the uh, first team since 2012 to have five players average in double figures. And last night, uh, this team did something else to go in line with the 2012 team in that they had uh, that group had six different players that scored at least 20 in a game. Makes you really hard to guard. Yeah, well, for sure, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you think you've got to stop Chibwe, you think you've got to stop Ty Ty, but then all of a sudden here comes Keon and here comes, you know, Davion with the big game. So, yeah, you're right. It, it, it makes it tough to game plan for, for sure. So now Kentucky uh, makes the turn, so to speak, in the SEC race uh, <laughs> with nine league games left starting maybe Saturday at Alabama. <laughs> right. <laughs> See when the game gets played. Uh, but uh, – Kentucky has to go to Alabama. They still have to go to Tennessee. They still have to go to Arkansas and, and Florida. So uh, four right. really tough road challenges left, plus the ones that uh, are at home. Um, what do you? Uh, what would you like to see out of Kentucky in the second half of the league schedule to uh, do anything to increase your, your confidence of their chances of making a Final Four run in March? I think, you know, uh, we probably aren't going to see, I mean, maybe we will see some of those games like they had against Tennessee and Kansas where they were just point on. But it's the games after, you know, so like last night, kind of letting up a little bit. I felt like they weren't as sharp defensively as maybe they have been in some of these recent games. So I'd like to see them, you know, taking on the scouting report, um, playing that good team defense. Um, you know, at the same time, I also sat there last night thinking, okay, yeah, they hadn't played Kansas before first meeting. It's the second time they played Vandy. Vandy got a look at them. So, you know, they knew a, a little bit more. It's always tougher against those league opponents, opponents, especially the second time you face them. But I think for me, it really comes on the defensive end and getting back to what got you to those moments in those games that they played so well, like Tennessee and Kansas, which was great team defense, great rebounding defensive uh, on uh, team rebounding as well. So um, I, th- I think just the little things. We're, we know they can score. Um, so I think that's the end. I would like to see them, you know, really get things shored up uh, heading towards the, you know, March. This is an interesting defensive challenge for this group because they don't have the shot blocking that Calipari's teams historically have had at this point through, um, what is it, 21 games that they've played, or 22, uh, it this team has the fewest block shots of any Calipari team. They had zero out at Kansas mm-hmm. and yet still played excellent defensively. But you right. don't have that guy to, to bail you out at the rim like a you know Anthony Davis or uh, Willie Cauley-Stein. You know, at the same time, Bill Self was talking about how his guys, um, after the game, he said, you know, my guys were getting in there and Oscar is not a shot blocker, but, boy, he sure made us miss a lot of four-footers. So, you know, just having that strength on the inside down low with Oscar, with uh, the size that you have from, you know, Jacob and Lance, um, the ability to block a shot, I think just kind of, you know, makes some guys second think taking it on the inside. So you don't have to be a shot blocking team. You just got to get in front of the guy and make him think a little bit. And and be a little physical. And uh, a good illustration yeah. of that is what Vandy did. Vandy doesn't have shot blockers. They blocked one mm-hmm. last night. And yet Kentucky was 36% on two-point shots, a team that makes about 55% of those. 
Yeah, yeah, and they they talked about how they needed to be more physical, um, you know, like they have been in, in recent games. They they certainly, uh, you know, they got to expect that they're going to get a physical game from every team. Uh, they just are going to have to expect that the rest of the way in these nine games because, you know, they're trying to – these teams are trying to rattle Kentucky. They're trying to get them off their game. And what better way than being, you know, using at least a few of those five fouls you have some aren't as equipped to do that as others. I don't know that Alabama will will uh, be able to to play them that way. I think this will be more of a you know open court game. But next Tuesday, I guarantee you, South Carolina will play them that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you uh, you kind of take on the identity of your coach usually, and uh, yeah, I, I think we're going to see some physical play out of that team <laughs> with Frank Martin. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, always uh, the case, and. Um, <laughs> You know, they uh, are a team that, you know, is struggling a little bit, so it's not like they have a lot of offensive firepower, so they're going to uh, yeah. uh, approach you Kentucky know. that way. And that's the thing. That's okay for Kentucky because yeah, you need to be able to win different ways if you want to go deep in the tournament. Uh, that, that's very well said because we've seen that from teams that have made long runs is, you know, having to face different styles of of teams and um you know so what better way than seeing a physical team seeing a finesse team seeing a bigger team a smaller team so i'm glad they're getting a chance to to see all this now and uh, i I just really feel like they're they're kind of coming into form we're seeing guys knowing their roles we're seeing guys taking the shots where they like to take the shots um we're seeing guys getting confidence um you know on both ends of the floor so um, I, I really like what I'm seeing out of this team as they do start this last nine-game stretch. You will hear more from uh, Keith and from Anna on BBN tonight. Uh, tonight, it's like USA Today today, uh, BBN tonight tonight, <laughs> and then the BBN game day show on Saturday. Thank you, Keith. Thanks, Tom. Have a good day. Uh, we're going to come back, close out this edition of the Leach Report just a moment. This day in 1991, in Kentucky basketball history, Jamal Mashburn went for 31 in a Kentucky win over Georgia. It set the record then for most points scored by a freshman at the University of Kentucky, subsequently broken by Deron Lamb and Terrence Jones, who both went for 35 in the same season. U.K. quality control coach Javon Boonight uh, reportedly joining the staff at Marshall. And Jim Harbaugh says no to the Vikings and uh, says he's coming back to the Michigan Wolverines. That'll do it for this edition of the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. We will be back tomorrow to talk about Kentucky and Bama on the Leach Report. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show.